Hey there, and welcome to the First Missionary Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We're honored you've chosen to join us today. In a few moments, Senior Pastor Alan Miller will launch into this week's teaching. Before that, though, we'd like to encourage you to also check out our website, firstmissionary.net, where you can find out more about what the Lord is doing in our local body and how you can get involved. Now here's Alan with this week's teaching. Amen. Amen. All right, I think we're good. Uh, let's try that again. Let's give God a hand clap of praise today. All right. Amen. So glad, so glad that you are here today. If this is your first time with us this morning, welcome. Very, very glad that you were able to this morning and worship. Welcome to First Missionary. I hope we've done a really good job already this morning of making you feel at home and feel special because you are special and we're just so glad that you're here today. For the last couple of weeks, we've been saying this is a new beginning for us, but a fresh start for someone else. A new beginning for us, but a fresh start for someone else. Maybe today you are in need of a fresh start in your life. If that is you and you're looking for a place to connect, a place to be loved, a place to seek truth, a place where you can kind of Forget about the past and what's behind you and just look ahead to the new. Then we believe that you've come to the right place today. A new beginning for us. A fresh start for who? A fresh start for, say it with me, a fresh start for someone else. Let's work on that just a little bit, okay? A new beginning for us a fresh start for someone else. In Luke chapter 5, we'll be looking at the very words of Christ today, and we're going to discover that when it comes to God's heart for people, that God, He's really into fresh starts. He's into new beginnings. If you're following along today, in your bulletin this morning, you'll find a place on the back of your bulletin. You can take notes. You can follow along. Please write down any insight, question that you may have. You're welcome to email me, text me, any thoughts, comments after the service only if they're really good and encouraging. So, God's into fresh starts. Now today, uh, I want to remind us all of some things that God's blessed us with this morning and this is just kind of a, a primer for us as a church family to really be thinking about what we have been blessed with. Uh, several years ago, we sat down with a consultant. This is probably 10 years ago, perhaps. And he sat down with us and we began to talk about a vision for the future, a new facility, a relocation. He said, there's three things I just want to encourage you folks in, just three things I want to encourage you in so that you know for certain what you're going to get at the end of this process. He said, when all of this is said and done, you're going to have three things. You're going to have, number one, you're going to have a tool. You're going to have a tool. A tool for ministry. A tool for the gospel. That's what a, a facility is. That's what a building is. It does not define the people of God. The people of God define it. But we have a tool 
for ministry. Now, can you imagine with me, just for a second, as you came in this morning, maybe as you looked around and you thought to yourself, maybe you didn't even think about it, how many different tools did it take to get us here today? I can imagine the number of times that some guy was working on something about this facility and he thought, hey, I need this or I need that. My granddaddy told me years ago, he said 90% of every job is having the right what? 90% of every job is having the right tool. Can you imagine all the tools that were used in a facility like this? Our staff got used for the last several months. We got used to packing around a tape measure, tape measure because people were always asking, uh, will this fit here? Will that fit there? What about this? What about that? We just carried with us for about six months a tape measure wherever we went because we needed that particular tool. God has given to us a tool for the gospel, a tool for ministry. We'll come here to worship. We'll come here to love one another. We will come here to serve. We're going to come here to share and experience life together. We're going to come to encourage and build one another up. We're going to come together and seek the heart of God and make the heart of God known. He has given to us a tool, a tool for ministry, a tool in his hands through his people. The other thing that God's given to us is he has given to us, it's going to be like a duh moment, a container for people, a place for people to gather, a place for people to come together and do life together and seek the heart of God together and make him known together. It is a place, a container for people. And when we started this process and this project, then it was in our hearts to be godly stewards of what he has blessed us with. And people have said, hey, what kind of facility did you guys build? What kind of building did you build? And our quick answer is the one that we could afford. That is the one that we built. Be it godly stewards of what God has blessed us with to the best of our ability. We have building, built a building, a facility that we could afford. And with that, we know that there might be at times space constraints. It's really good this morning to know that our guys brought out our guys brought out chairs because every time we gather together, we need empty seats because empty seats says that our doors are never closed. We're always open to someone else. Empty seats are needed for a growing church and a growing ministry because it says there's always room in our hearts in our lives, in this container, whether you're a, a baby in the nursery, you're a, a child, you're a student, you're a senior, whatever it is, all ages in between, it is a container for people to come. We always want to have empty seats because they say there's always room in our hearts and lives for somebody else. Now, when we get tight and we are constrained, we need to be reminded that limitation, limitation is the catalyst for creativity. So we may have to get creative in days to come. We may have to think outside the box and how we continue to make this place a container for people. Here's the last thing God's blessed us with. 
He's blessed us with a facility that is to our community, to our community, a statement about who we are. This began with a vision, a vision that we sought from the heart of God to our hearts. We went to the architect with that vision, and I promise you, there's not one single time we said to the architect, we desire a facility that will make people happy. We never went there. You know why? Because you'll never be able to make everybody happy. So we did. We took to the architect a vision for ministry. The glass. The glass communicates about us that we are open. We desire transparency. We have nothing to hide. If you ever leave a time with us and you don't feel like you were with real, genuine people, then we just were not on our A-game that day. We want to convey transparency. The wood, the stone, the rock communicates we are down to earth. We're down to earth people. The architect says, tell us about your ministries. We said, we have a garden ministry. It's on this property. And the architect says, wow, the garden is an amazing thing. You, you minister to your community through your garden. Yes, we'll start that back up next year. But he said, there's some ideas that I have that communicate the garden. And we said, you know what? That's also biblical. That's also so biblical. The garden. A place to come back to. And boy, it's in our hearts that when people come and they fellowship and experience life and ministry here, we desire a place that when people come, they don't want to leave. They just hang out and talk and share. Call in lunch. Hang out with us. Let's become friends. A statement about who we are and our values and what's important to us. These are the things that God has blessed us with. A new beginning for us, but a fresh start for someone else. In Luke chapter 5, Jesus talks to us, talks to the disciples who were with Him about what He was doing, about what He was bringing and what He was introducing. God is in two Fresh starts. You find fresh starts, fresh ideas, new beginnings all throughout Scripture. We'll look in Luke chapter 5 in just a second. But I want to remind you of one in the book of Revelation. The apocalyptic Christ. He says these words in the book of Revelation. I believe it's Revelation chapter 21 around verse 5. The apocalyptic Christ says this. He says, I make all things new. I am making all things new. Fresh start. New beginning. Christ is into making all things new. Do you need a new fresh start in your life today? Here's something else that we have already seen in the picture of baptism this morning. Since God's into making all things new, it's in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, the Scripture says, if anyone, if anyone is in Christ, he is a what? Y'all can see the text with us this morning. If anyone is in Christ, he or she is a what? 
is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. God is into fresh starts. He's into new beginnings. He makes all things new. He will make you new in Christ if you give your life to Him. If you are in Christ today, and you've accepted Him by faith, you are in fact a new creature. The old is gone. And the new has come. When Jesus wanted to illustrate this in Luke chapter 5, He uses a very, very powerful word picture. A word picture that was common to folks in that day. Because in fact, Jesus was actually doing a new thing. He was bringing a new thing he was bringing a new covenant, a new covenant of grace. And listen to the words of Christ in Luke 5, beginning in verse 36. And he was telling them a parable. No one tears a piece from a new garment and puts it on an old garment. Say, so, well, why would someone even want to do that. And the word picture of that day, like with clothing and material, and I, I can remember when I was a little boy and would wear blue jeans and go outside. And by the way, when I was a kid, I mean, if you played baseball or you played football, you didn't have, you know, a fancy uniform pants. You played in your what? You played in your, you played in your blue jeans. Anybody here would admit with me today that my first, your first baseball game, softball game, football game, you actually played in blue jeans. I did. I'd come in, I would have these big holes in the knees and mom would want to patch the hole in the pants, right? She would patch those up. She would take material fabric. You know what a patch is. Maybe some of you don't. Maybe your parents just buy you new jeans when you get... Actually, in fact, if you have holes in your jeans, you're probably in style today, right? But when I was a kid, that wasn't in style. It just meant mom was going to patch something over your knees, right? And she would sew that together. And so this is the word picture that Jesus is drawing from. That no one would take a new garment and attach it to an old garment. Why is that? The old garment had already shrunk. It had done what it's going to do. A new garment attached to an old garment. When that new piece, that new patch, whatever it is, that new piece of fabric, when it shrinks, it will actually pull away and tear from the old garment. The new and the old do not mix they do not go together. Jesus is preparing his audience for understanding that he's doing a brand new thing in grace. That the old covenant would be fulfilled in him and his life, but he would be bringing a new way, a new covenant of grace. And then to even further illustrate that, he would talk about wine and wineskins. And he would say, not only do people not add a new garment and put it on an old garment. Otherwise, the person who does it will both tear the new and the piece from the new will not match the old. But also in verse 37, and no one puts new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst. The skins and it will be spilled out and the skins will be ruined. Now, I have a picture for you of an old wineskin. Wineskins were made of animal hide. 
You have a picture of that behind me. They were made of animal hide. And these things would also stretch and constrict at times, but a new piece of skin has elasticity in it. Once you have an old one, an old piece of skin, it's not going to stretch anymore. It, it loses its elasticity over time. When new wine would be put into the wine skin, it would need to be new wine skin with new wine because the wine would go through a fermentation process and the new wine would actually expand in the wine skin. The wine skin would have to expand with the wine. So if it's already expanded and new wine is put into it, it's not going to expand anymore. What would happen would be the new wine would go into the old wine skin. Once the new wine would expand, then it would burst and it would tear open the old wine skin. Again, this is Jesus' way of illustrating I am coming to do something new. I am coming to do something that is brand new. I'm introducing a way of grace. And the old will not mix. It is not compatible with the new way. The new way of grace. Jesus closes that out and He simply says, you know, new wine must be put into, and here's the word, Y'all say that with me. What kind of wineskins? Fresh. Fresh wineskins. And then listen to what he says next. And no one after drinking old wine wishes for new, for he says the old is good enough. And this is Jesus' way of saying Come and drink new of me. There's a passage of Scripture that says, Come and taste and see that the Lord is what? Come and taste and see that the Lord is what? Come and taste and see that the Lord is good. Come experience God in your life. Taste the newness of what He wants to do in your life. And see that He is good. Around 2013, Bill Gates actually admitted that the Control-Alt-Delete was a mistake. Control-Alt-Delete you find on your computer keyboard. You have a PC. You're working on something. Something goes haywire, you get a glitch. How many of you remember pressing Control-Alt-Delete? How many of you still press Control-Alt-Delete? Because what does it do? When you press Control-Alt-Delete at the same time, what happens? The system reboots. Early on in the early 80s, IBM, Apple, all these guys were in a tremendous race in order to build computers. You remember the days back in the 80s? And there was a guy by the name of David Bradley who was given the assignment on a project called the Acorn Project. And he had to try to really speed up and catch up with people like Radio Shack or people like Apple who were putting computers on the market. He was given the assignment of programming 
And in the process of programming, he discovered that every time there was a glitch or something would happen, he would have to restart the entire system. Restarting the entire system meant that the computer would have to go through all of its memory tests and it was taking very, very long amounts of time. He actually, for his own benefit, developed the keyboard shortcut, Control-Alt-Delete, so that he could refresh the system and start over on his work. It was not something that was by the, the design. It was not just, hey, we need to do this for people in the future. It was actually something that just happened because a programmer needed to reboot. How many of you have ever, have you ever felt in your life, I need a reboot? Anyone here today, I need a reboot. If I could press the Control-Alt-Delete key of my life and get a reboot, I would do that right now. A new beginning for us. A fresh start. Maybe for you. Did you know that in Christ, you can find a reboot. In Christ, there is control, alt, delete. And you can get a brand new start in Him. Three affirmations, three affirmations that we want to give you today that will help you to find the fresh start and the reboot that you need in your life. By the way, is there anyone, is there anyone here today who needs a reboot, a fresh start in your life. If that's you, you came to the right place. Three affirmations that maybe all of us need today because, you know, as we think about transitioning and moving from one to another, from one place to another place, I've been hit with transitions for the past couple of weeks. My daughter turns 18 tomorrow. So many of you were there when she was born. Oh my gosh, yes, that was 18 years ago. I've aged five years, but she's aged 18. I don't know how that happens, but it's 18 tomorrow. Thinking about college. I mean, I'm going to need some of you. I hope you've been taking really good notes because me and Emily, we're going to need y'all to pass down, sit down your notes to us and, and how to navigate this time. I and mean, we've been dealing with making a college decision. She turns 18 tomorrow, going to college next fall. We're making a move, a transition. Oh my gosh, I've been hit with so many emotions over the last couple of weeks. You just say boo to me and I'll probably start crying. One of the things that's really important when you want a fresh start or need a fresh start in your life is to accept or to admit or to embrace or to maybe put into place for the very first time that the old is the old, the past is the past, what is behind you is behind you, move forward in your life. Amen. Listen, some of you today, you're dealing with, with issues that have been brought about by maybe some decisions, some things that's happened in your life, some circumstances, maybe some things that you did that might have been good, might have been bad, it doesn't matter anymore. You cannot undo the past. You can't change what happened to you. 
You can't change what you happened to somebody else. You cannot change the past. It's important for you to embrace the reality that that is behind you. Now it's time to move forward. You can look back and praise God and thank Him and say, God, You have been so good to me. Is there anyone here today who could say, God, You have been so good to me. God, You have been so good to me. God, You have been so good to us. Yet this is a new day. Did you know that there's a reason why your windshield is bigger than your rearview mirror? There's a reason why your windshield is bigger than your rearview mirror. Because you still need to look from, from behind. You still need to be mindful of that. But your primary focus is not where you've been. Your primary focus is where you're going in your life now. Amen. And I believe that God has a new day for you. He wants to give a fresh start in your life, in your family, in your marriage, in your work, in your career. Leave the past in the past. I will today leave the past in the past. In fact, you might need to look at your neighbor right now and say, you know what? If anyone needs to encourage you today, I'm encouraging you right now. Would you please? Would you please? Look at your neighbor right now. Would you please? Leave the past in the past. And the husband's looking at his wife and says, but you burnt those biscuits this morning, you'll probably do it again next week, right? <laughs> tell him, wife, tell him. That was this morning. I'll do better next week. Leave the past in the past. For some of us to make this transition, we're going to have to do something that's very, 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 very important it's the second affirmation not only not only will i leave the past in the past but i will accept god's forgiveness of me you know some of you might have had a hard time today because come into maybe church maybe you're new here today maybe you're visiting for the first time. Maybe there's been times for you that it's been hard because when you come and you, and you, and you come in and you try to worship, and, but all you can do is think about your past. You think about mistakes that you've made. And by the way, the enemy is really good about doing that. Can I get an amen from the saints of God this morning? The enemy is really good about reminding, about reminding the saints of their past. In fact, the scripture tells us that he's the false accuser of the who? He's the false accuser of the brethren. He can only speak lies. That's his only weapon against you. He's really, really good about speaking lies into your life. And so many times the lies go like this. Can, can you believe you just did that? Can you believe you did that? Oh my goodness, you really blew it. Time marches on. You think you've forgotten about it. You think you've moved on. The enemy speaks again into your ear and he says, Oh, oh you're, you're not good enough. You're not worthy. You don't need to go in with those people over there. They've got it all together. And that's probably the biggest lie he'll ever tell you, right? About church people is they've got it all together. We're all broken people. We're all struggling. We all have dirty laundry. If you came today thinking we've got it figured out, 
We don't. We're just on a journey together, loving each other, helping each other to figure this journey out. And if you've ever felt like the body of Christ did not come alongside you and help you in your journey, please accept my sincerest apologies. But nobody's got it figured out. And he says, you're not good enough. And he wants to remind you of all those things. And you might be saying, Brother Allen, today, you know what? I'm having a hard time letting go of my past. You must, you must, you must, you must. If you've given your life to Christ, you must accept the fact that He has forgiven you completely. That when Jesus died on the cross for your sins, there's not one single mistake that He forgot. There's not one single one that He said, oh wait a minute, I'll do this now for this, but somewhere down the road, you're going to commit another one. And I'm going to have to do this thing again. No, when Jesus died on the cross for you, He died for every single one of your sins. He died for the sins of the world. There's not one single one that Jesus has not died for, was crucified for, was buried for, and He was raised to give you new life because in Christ all your sins are forgiven. Affirmation. I will. I will accept God's forgiveness of me. I will. I will. Say it with me. I will accept God's forgiveness of me. In the book of Colossians, Paul writes and he tells us that Jesus did a really, 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 really good job when it comes to your, your sins and, and your mistakes. In Colossians chapter 2, or let's go to chapter 1. You'll find it in 1, you find it in 2, you find it in 3. When he wrote this, it was so neat because like in Colossians 1, it's verses 13 and 14. And it's almost like he gets to Colossians 3. He's like, you're probably going to forget this. So I'm going to put it in verses 13 and 14 again for you. And you look in your scripture today, that's exactly how this thing unfolds. Colossians 1, verses 13 and 14. The scripture tells us what we have in Christ. For He rescued us. That's those who've accepted Christ. He's rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son. If you are in Christ today, you live in a new place. You've been transferred out of the domain of darkness and you've been placed into the kingdom of His beloved Son. Then here, This is what He says next. In verse 14. In whom, that's Christ, in whom we have redemption. The word redemption is like a financial term. It means to, to redeem something, bring something back, to buy something back, to redeem something. Years ago, they used to have what was called redemption centers. And you all remember redemption centers? And you could go and you could lay out coupons or bottle caps and you'd go to the redemption center and you'd take the things that you've been collecting and at the redemption center, you would get that thing, maybe a baseball glove. You were a kid, you collected box tops and you, you collected so many, you went to the redemption center and you gave those box tops and you got a baseball glove in return. To redeem means to buy back. Jesus Christ, through His very blood and His sacrifice, 
has redeemed those who accept Him. He's redeemed us. He has bought us back. You say, well, how much did it cost me? It cost him everything. There was no price that He was not willing to pay for your redemption. In fact, He values you. He loves you so much that if we ever lose sight of the fact that for God so loved the what? God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. If we ever lose sight of that, then we lose sight of the heart of the Gospel. That through the blood of Christ, we have redemption. And what is redemption? What is it? We have, we have, we have, we have, we have redemption. We have the forgiveness. The forgiveness of what? Not just sin, but sins. Which means all of them. Uh, Miss Kinley, I need to borrow you for just a second. Would you come up here, please? You can just stand right there. Miss Kinley, I want you to do something for me, okay? Would you ask for my iPhone? I'm not going to give it to you, like to take home permanently or anything like that, right? But would you say, Brother Allen, would you please give me your iPhone? Can you do that? Speak it up loud so everybody can hear. Say, Brother Allen, would you please give me that iPhone? Brother Allen, would you please give me that iPhone? Yes. As a gift to you, a gift of grace, I give you my iPhone. Now, I want you to go back and sit down. You'll come up in just a second. But go back and sit down, all right? Now, what does she have? She has the iPhone that I just gave her, right? She has that in her possession. Look at the Scripture text again. Please, y'all leave that up there. We'll leave, the Scripture text again says, in whom we have redemption. We have, we have, we have, we have, we have the forgiveness of sins. In other words, today, if you're in Christ, you have the forgiveness of sins. You hold it. You contain it. You are a card carrying member of the forgiven club. That's where you belong. That is where you live. You have been forgiven of all sins. You have it. If you've accepted Christ. Not part of them, but all of them. Kenley, ask for the phone again, please, from your yard. And speak it loud. Go ahead and ask for the phone again. Okay. Why don't you ask again? All right. Just one more time. I don't think I heard you. What's my reply to her? What's my reply to her? What's my reply to her? Now, it may make you feel pretty good to ask for it again. It may make her feel okay to ask for it again. But my reply back to Kinley is, Kinley, I have already given to you the iPhone. Kinley, you don't have to keep asking and asking and asking and asking and asking. Because at some point in time, you're going to get confused as to whether you have it or not if you think you have to keep asking and asking and asking. I say to you, watch this. Kinley, you already have the iPhone. I want you to look at the iPhone right now. Pick it up and look at it. And now reply back to me and say, Brother Allen, thank you for giving me the iPhone. Can you do that? Okay, let's, let's go through the scenario. She said, okay, okay. She said, give me the iPhone, give me the iPhone, give me the And I say, Kimberly, I've already given you the iPhone. I've already given you the iPhone. I've already given you the iPhone. Then she looks at it and she's reminded, I have it. And then she says back to me, what? Say it loud. You got to go. Brother Allen, thank you for giving me the iPhone. 
time and time again. When I mess up and I blow it and I make mistakes, I get on my knees before God and I say, Lord, I really blew it. I messed up. But God, thank You, thank You, thank You that through Jesus Christ, You have already forgiven me of my mess up and my mistake. It has transformed my prayer life it has transformed my theology when I stopped asking Him to give me something He already gave me and I began to praise Him and to thank Him in those moments because the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God will pick you up when you blow it. Amen. And He'll whisper into your ear, you are mine. I love you. I have forgiven you of this mistake in your life. It is high time that you accepted the sufficiency of, the, of Christ on the cross, and it is high time that you stop listening to the evil one and you just begin to praise me even when you're low, even when you've messed up. Let me lift your head and look at what you have and what you possess right now. You have redemption. You have, you possess the forgiveness of sins if you're in Christ today. Second affirmation, I will accept God's forgiveness of me. And then this is the big one. This is another big one. And we close with this today. I will forgive those I need to forgive. Man, fresh starts, moving from the past, embracing the new. There comes a time where you just you just got to do it. You got to say, what's back there is back there. But it's not here. I will make a conscious choice not to bring that stuff from back there in my life to here. Because I don't have to. And I don't need to. But some of those things that I've been carrying in my life. That's crippling me. Is because I have unforgiveness in my heart. Towards somebody else. You must. Decide. I will forgive. Those. I need to forgive. Just a few chapters later. Watch this real quick. Colossians chapter 3. Verses 13. In 14, to make it easy for us today, he speaks about community. He speaks about church life and family life. And he speaks about marriage life and work life. And he speaks about school life. And this is what he calls us to do, to bear with one another. In other words, we put up with each other. That's not always easy to do. Can I get an amen? That is not always easy to do it's hard for people sometimes to put up with you do not say amen and look at your neighbor right now do not do that and that thing goes both ways right bearing with one another means to, to learn how to put up with each other doesn't mean we, we don't point out flaws or challenges or try to do better some of us need to do better. 
We really do. But as you seek to do better, it should be an encouragement to you that there's people in your life who are learning how to encourage you in spite of you and your stuff. Amen? Amen. You don't have to be perfect to go here. In fact, if you think you're perfect, you probably will not fit here very long at all. Can I get an amen? Bear with it, one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint, and listen, he doesn't say whether it's valid or not valid. Whoever has a complaint against anyone. And here's the basis on which we can forgive each other. Or you can forgive whoever you need to forgive. And by the way, in your heart and your mind right now, I will, I will, I will, I will forgive, fill in the blank. They're not perfect. They make mistakes, just like me. But today, God, I choose to set a captive free. And I'm realizing that I'm the one who is captive to the spirit of unforgiveness in my own heart. This is like an acid eating inside of me, Lord. It's like gasoline in the styrofoam cup. Until I forgive so and so. And they don't have to say they're sorry. They don't have to come to me and ask for forgiveness. In fact, they might be dead and gone. You might need to forgive someone today who's not walking this earth anymore. You're not changing what is done. You're trusting God with what was done. You're accepting the consequences of maybe somebody's choice. But guess what? You can't change what's been done. But here's the basis on which we forgive each other. Watch the text. Just as, just as, just as, just as, just as, just as. Not if or will the Lord forgive you, but just as the Lord forgave you. So also should you. In fact, it's an ethical imperative. It's an ethical imperative. So should you. So should you what? Forgive others. So as you stand with us quietly this morning and as we think about what does it mean? Thanks for joining us on the First Missionary Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. That's it for this week's teaching, but you can always find more on our website, firstmissionary.net. We'd also like to encourage you to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you benefited from this week's lesson, be sure to share it with your friends and family, then leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. Thanks again for listening, and God bless.